0: You're listening to the sspx podcast we're happy to present another installment of true heroes stories of the lives of the saints delivered by father thomas tam father has also put together a video of each of these episodes you can see the video at sspxpodcast.com now here's father tam the god of venantius is the true god let us destroy our idols hello my friends and welcome to true heroes before we get started for those of you who have been Asking, my sources for this podcast are varied, but I am primarily taking from Albin Butler's Lives of the Saints, both the shortened version and his four-volume set, as well as from Don Granger's Liturgical Year, and also from the Roman Breviary, especially the accounts taken from Matins of each day. Also, I'm going to change the style of the podcast slightly. Basically, I'm going to be reading from the text in front of me as I have been doing, um, but I'm also going to take the opportunity to briefly comment on the text at certain points instead of just reading uh, what's in front of me. We'll see how that that goes. Today, we're going to talk about the short life of St. Venantius which reminds us of the power of our guardian angels, as well as the power of charity. Let us begin his story. St. Venancias was born at Camerino in Italy, and at the age of 15 was seized as a Christian and carried before a judge. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have noticed that when you are really delving into the lives of the saints as we have been with this podcast, there are quite a few young ones. You know, this is only our uh, 21st, 22nd episode, and we've already had three very young saints. We had Dominic Savio uh, last week, dying at age 14. We had Saint Pancrasius, uh, recently as well. He dying at the age of 15. And here we have now Saint Venantius also uh, suffering a martyr's death at the age of 15. As it was found impossible to shake his constancy either by threats or promises, he was condemned to be scourged but was miraculously saved by an angel. And we will see as this story goes on, this will be a very common theme. I hope that my guardian angel is not as busy as Saint as was because he certainly had his work cut out for him. He was then burnt with torches and hung over a low fire so that he may be suffocated by the smoke. Why they didn't just burn him, I have no idea. Uh, they prefer just to have him suffocate for some reason. The judge's secretary, Anastasius, by name, admiring the steadfastness of the saint and seeing an angel, once again, robed in white who trampled out the fire and again set free the youthful martyr, proclaimed his faith in Christ, was baptized with his whole family, and shortly after won the martyr's crown himself. Venantius was then carried before the governor unable to make him renounce his faith, cast him into prison with an apostate who vainly strove to tempt him. An apostate is one who used to be a Christian and has now rejected that faith. So he put an apostate in prison with Saint Vinacius trying to convince this young boy that the Christian faith was not true. The governor then ordered his teeth and jaws to be broken and had him thrown into a furnace from which the angel once more delivered him." Again, his angel is definitely on double duty here. The saint was, again, led before the judge, who at sight of him fell headlong from his seat and expired, crying, "'The God of Anansias is the true God. Let us destroy our idols.'" So it seems that there's certainly a possibility here that the judge converted? Perhaps? He dies while saying these words that the god of Venantius is the true god, so it almost will give the impression that he was converted. Now was this just an act of madness at the end or an actual grace of god for this man? Maybe, maybe not, we don't know. This circumstance, at being told to the governor, he ordered Venantius be, to be thrown to the lions. But these brutes, forgetting their natural ferocity, crouched at the feet of the saints. So the lions refused to eat Venantius. Then, by order of the tyrant, the young martyr was dragged through a heap of brambles and thorns. But again, God manifested the glory of his servant. The soldiers, suffering from thirst... For They were trying to drag him through everything, so they were very tired and very thirsty. The saint knelt on a rock and signed it with a cross, and immediately a jet of clear, cool water spurted up from the spot. This miracle converted many of those who beheld it, whereupon the governor had Venantius and his converts beheaded together in the year 250 the bodies of these martyrs are kept in the church at Camerino, which bears the saints name." From the life of St. Venantius we see a few ideas here. Firstly one's devotion to his angel. St. Venantius must have been very devout and very devoted to his angel if the angel was going to go through so much in order to protect him. Now a question that may come, why did the angel Protect him at some points, but not at others We see that he is ultimately beheaded Why didn't the angel protect him at being beheaded but protected him from the fire and from the lions and other things? the idea would be that The protection of st. Venantius was not necessarily for the sake of st. Venantius It was rather for the sake of the others who were watching We see that at least perhaps the judge converted and we saw at least one of the soldiers executing him ended up converting with his whole family specifically because he saw the protection of the martyr and there were also others when they saw the the clear cool water coming from the spot from the act of charity on the part of venantius uh, there were also them who also converted so the angel didn't fail to protect At him at his beheading. That was rather the final grace that was given to him. And the other times when the angel was protecting him was rather for the benefit of others. So we see here then from his life one's devotion to his angel and also God's efforts to save others. He did not just let Saint Venantius be killed and die a martyr's death, which would have been fine I'm sure with Saint Venantius, but he wanted to use those opportunities to help bring others to the Christian faith as well. And finally, when we see that power of charity, we do not know how many converted from the miracle of Anancias with the, the spring of water, but we can surmise that there would have been quite a few, and this would have been because of the charity of Anancias. He was being tortured by these people, and when they became tired and thirsty, instead of scoffing at them, he performs a miracle so that they can quench their thirst. You know, there's very few of us who would be so ready to do that to those who who bully us. I mean, you have siblings, I'm sure, who annoy you, who frustrate you. And how many of you then went to the kitchen sink and grabbed a glass of water and gave it to your sibling who was beating up on you? Very few of us would would do that. And that's because most of us are not saints. So that is the end of our talk of Saint Venantius. Tomorrow is the feast of Saints Peter Celestine and Saint Pudenziana. We will probably only talk about Saint Peter Celestine tomorrow, but we'll we'll see what happens when we get there. So until then, God bless you all, my friends. Saint Venantius, pray for us and may our guardian angels protect us.